0: All right, my guest today is KUCI DJ, Austin Model. For the winter 2018 quarter, her public affairs show, Humanities for Humanity, is on every Tuesday morning from 8.30 to 9 a.m. The show covers the arts, philosophy, education, and politics. Even though Austin and I don't know each other very well, we have a mutual respect for each other's radio integrity, and I recently found out she was gay. I thought it would be interesting to hear her story, has it been a difficult journey, easy, up, down? It's a privilege to be trusted by Austin and have her on my show. Welcome, Austin. How are you today?
1: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. This is, it's exciting. It's a little bit different to be on this end of things, but I'm looking forward to it.
0: Cool, cool. Well, before we get into it, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about your show, Humanities for Humanity? Can you give us any insights?
1: Yeah. After the 2016 election, I realized I was posting on Facebook a ton, and I was like, you know, I really should find a different avenue to sort of explore my thoughts and figure out a good platform to talk to people. So sort of the goal with the show is to take different parts of the humanities or arts or philosophy, and then um, I also focus a lot on education and obviously politics as well, and just sort of talk to people in jobs or in positions that may not be necessarily thought of as I don't know. Well, just sort of a range of people. Just to talk to different people about different issues and sort of I've found that if you talk to them about touchy subjects but with the distance of uh, you know like a movie or a piece of literature or Mm. um, any sort of different medium the conversation goes a little bit easier Mm. it's funny I keep saying that I started off thinking that I would be talking a lot about my views and opinions and what I've really learned is the power of listening and I think Mm. that's what's so interesting about radio and sort of podcasting in this world is it is a really good way to share your opinions and discuss with people but you also really, being a radio host, has developed the skill of listening that I think is a skill that maybe as a society we haven't really privileged as much as we should.
0: Hmm. Well said. Very good. Well, why don't we just start at the beginning for you, Austin. How was your sexual discovery? Was it something that you knew from the earliest memories, or when did you come to that discovery for yourself?
1: So yeah, I actually knew from a pretty young age. I think one important distinction to make is the difference between gender and sexuality. And I didn't, I came out um, of the closet when I was 17. I had known that I was attracted to women since I was, I mean, one of my first crushes was on a babysitter that I had when I was like (laughs) five or six. So I knew for a long, long time, but it wasn't until I started learning more about the difference between gender and sexuality that I was able to really fully come to terms with my identity. And so it's interesting with that. I, I grew up in Wyoming um, until my parents got divorced. And then I lived in South Carolina. So they're pretty like conservative places. But in Wyoming, you know, Tom girls aren't really out of the ordinary. And so I was super, we had a ranch, so I was super into, you know, horses and being a cowgirl. And um, I actually watched this movie, Man from Snowy River. And I was Obsessed with the main character, Jim Craig, so obsessed that I made people call me Jim Craig for like the entire year (laughs) that I was five.
0: Um,
1: So, yeah, I've sort of always known, like I said, the more I learn about the difference between gender and sexuality, the more I understand the true fluidity of both. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: And we can talk more about that because, you know, gender and sexuality. So can you expound on that a little bit more, like the distinction?
1: Sure. Absolutely. So your sexual orientation is who you're attracted to. And your gender, Mm. Judith Butler was the sort of my first introduction into it. And she talks about gender as a performance. And so once you see gender as a social construct, you know, kids act. It it starts as young as what color we, you know, girls always have pink rooms and boys have blue Mm -hmm. rooms. But, you know, kids don't come out of the womb knowing that it's how society socializes them. But the socialization begins to happen very, very quickly. But like I said, growing up in Wyoming, it's sort of more acceptable for women to be masculine there. So it was never really different to me. So I really was able to explore my sort of more tomboy side. And then when I moved to Charleston, which was like all the girls were super girly girly. I used to, they always wore bows in their hair. So I called them bow (laughs) heads and I just, I did not fit in at all. And I think, you know, for so long, I just thought that the not fitting in was simply my sexual orientation. But, you know, now as I understand more about difficult, I mean, they're very, very closely related. And a lot of times typically go, you know, gender, typically, like the majority of people identify with the sort of, you know, your body parts match society's expectations of you. And then I'm, for me, I just sort of fall in the middle. I consider myself non-binary. So I, you know, I have male, male aspects of my personality and female aspects of my personality. And I'm like, I went to two all women schools. I went to boarding school at Old, Old Fields in Maryland and then Hollins University in Roanoke, Virginia. And I was so lucky to be able to really understand myself starting in around ra- in when I was a sophomore in high school. So that was, mm. it was actually a little more difficult in boarding school because it wasn't as acceptable there. I actually wound up getting kicked out for having a girlfriend. But Hollins University is just such a wonderful accepting place that that's really where I came into my own. And I was so fortunate to be able to explore myself, my sexuality and my gender in such a safe, open environment.
0: You know, it's really interesting for you to distinguish that because I think for the first time I'm getting it as a concept. So what I hear you saying is gender would be like, you know, are you, well, like for a man would be kind of the macho man, Marine, you know, sports, whatever, or are you more of a a gentle soul all the way to, you know, do you have more feminine qualities and wanting to, you know, that's what you identify with is, am I getting that? Is that, Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, And I think, you know, as society progresses, and we understand, you know, even subconsciously, I don't think necessarily everybody has to take a, a, well, I think it would be wonderful if everybody did take a gender studies class. But as we start to sort of let gender roles not dictate so much of what we do, you know, women are more and more getting welcome into the workforce in more powerful positions, and more and more men are staying at home with kids. So so they're sort of, Sort of uh, shattering these gender stereotypes, which I think is really important because, yeah, like I said, they're, they're just a societal construct. They don't really mean much. And it's great. You know, I have a niece and I always like try to buy my niece and nephew gender neutral gifts. But she just loves dolls. So Mm -hmm. there are also little girls who feel really, you know, drawn to that stuff. I hated dolls when I was a kid. So Mm -hmm. I was like, whatever you like, as long as it's natural and not forced on you, which I think society used to force it on us so much. And the same with men. There's definitely such a thing as toxic masculinity and Mm -hmm. that like the patriarchal constructs of our society don't just hurt women. They hurt men too, especially like more sensitive men who in the past weren't able to express their emotions freely.
0: Yeah. 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 It's interesting with Bruce Jenner, for instance, when I was growing up and he was one of my heroes when he was in the Olympics, it was just, just this amazing feat. He was a hero. And then when he's gone through his, would you call it gender transition? Is that is, yeah
1: transition
0: yeah and um i guess what we're looking at is that's what makes him happy right he is not comfortable yeah. being bruce jenner the masculine bruce jenner he wants to be a feminine bruce jenner or or i guess his name is, is it it's caitlin, caitlin yeah
1: i don't you know i think caitlin jenner bruce jenner i mean i think caitlin's a really interesting i think it's very difficult to parlay Caitlyn Jenner's experience onto like a normal, Mm. like your average trans person has, you know, doesn't have the money to make the type of transition Caitlyn made. Mm. And also I think just sort of the circumstances surrounding it, it's just a very interesting situation. And I think the, I don't know, that's, I don't, yeah, I totally see what you're saying. And I think it, for me, even as a very open-minded trans, I consider myself a trans advocate, it was, I think, not difficult, but just sort of a profound thing to watch somebody so public make a change in such a public way, to make the transition in such a public way. You know, Caitlin is just more comfortable, you know, as a woman, and that's great. And I think what's been kind of interesting about her transition is she's realized that there are so many different aspects of being a woman and she, you know, still feels connected to her love of sports and stuff like that. And I think she, I mean, I did, I did watch a few of the episodes, but I think she really started to embrace the different shades of womanhood, if you will. And that's good for her. As long as she's happy, that's all that really matters Yeah, any yeah. of us.
0: I I recently yeah you know and I will say you know in the exploration of life and who we are and what we do I'm like oh wow this person you know wants to dress femininely and I must say I'm like I've said to myself well what would that be like to dress within a dress and and be feminine I'm like oh gosh I think that'd be kind of interesting it's still a stretch for me it's like wow that's what would make that person happy Well, who am I to to say?
1: I'll be honest with you, the thought of wearing a dress does not make me remotely happy, so um, (laughs) it's totally just whatever anybody likes, and I think, yeah, as we move to be a more open and accepting society, you see it with some of the younger generation is really embracing this sort of gender fluid. Um, I think Will Smith's son, Jaden, is kind of interesting, because I know he wears dresses sometimes but I as far as I know he still identifies as a a normal guy and so it's just really
0: is that the the son that's been in a couple of his movies yeah Uh, yeah yeah, okay okay yeah Uh, there
1: was an article a few years ago I don't really know you know but he was like wearing dresses but also still comfortable being a guy and I thought Mm -hmm. that was really cool and you know clothes are just clothes and fashion will always change and come and go but it is such a you know, like for for people who are trying to represent an alternative gender or a a non-binary gender or whatever terminology, the terminology changes and everybody has terminology that they're more comfortable with. So I never know if I'm saying exactly the right thing. But Yeah, I mean, it's just sort of whatever works for your chosen label or identity,
0: but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, uh, just hang on for just a second, Austin. Uh, If you just tuned in, you are listening to UCI Conversations. I'm your host, Kevin Bossenmeyer, and I'm visiting today with KUCI DJ Austin Model, and we're talking about gender and sexuality. One thing that I think a lot of people, well, I, I, for one, recently found out that when you're on your driver's license, you know, it's male, female. And there's actually, I don't know if it's other or if actually you can say you have a penis, you're a boy, but you can say you're female. I That just is like such a stretch that, you know, I'm just an, I don't know if I'm the average Joe, but I'm like, huh, what? It it Well, it, yeah, I
1: think it's probably more in... Um you know, I actually don't, there are a couple of places, I, you know, that's something that I would consider in the future, you know, just to there's sort of a third gender, you know, people who don't feel particularly male or female. Yes. It's more, if you look at it, typically in this sort of situation, it's not going to be um, like a cisgendered guy who dresses masculine being like, oh. Well, you know what? That's that's kind of limiting, too. Yeah, I think it's just sort of a personal choice. I think probably the majority of the people who would choose that option look fairly um, androgynous or non-binary. So, you know, it wouldn't really be something mm. that would, I think you would like, sort of like me. I mean, you see me and you can probably guess that I'm either gay or non, non-binary. You know, I have a non-binary gender ident- identity. And so yeah, I don't think it's did, I don't think it's like you know a guy like you being like oh hey I'm gonna go you know it's not gonna be a cisgendered person being like oh yeah I'm not cisgendered I don't know it gets what does that what does that mean when, gets,
0: when you're saying non-binary and you, could you explain that a little yeah more?
1: so non-binary just sort of means gender is a binary male female oh. and if you're non-binary you don't oh. feel like you identify as either and then cisgendered means If you identify with the gender that matches your... uh, Oh, that's right.
0: You know, I will say in in talking to my straight friends, well, even myself to be transparent, it's like cisgender, could they have thought of a name that was just a little bit more straight? It's like cisgender is just kind of like, what? What, what, what is that? Yeah. What is that? I'll be
1: honest. I, um, I don't remember the origins of that. I know that it has to do with...
0: It sounds kind of uh, sissy gender. You know, it's like, well, well come on. Yes. Can, can we have a normal name? <laughs>
1: well, yeah, I think it's, it's CIS gender. Oh, okay, and, oh, okay, didn't know that. Yeah, and um, it's... I believe, comes from medical... It's been a while since I've studied all of this, but I do believe that it comes from a medical term, but I'm not 100% positive. But something interesting on that note is gender has traditionally been reinforced, the binary has been reinforced in a bunch of, like, medical literature, Mm. and even the way that, like, for instance, people who are born hermaphroditic, typically, like, back in the day, the doctor would just decide which gender they thought Mm. the person would be, you know... Mm. So it was. It gets very it's
0: like like as they got wrong. older, they would decide. I mean, it wasn't that well? Birth. No.
1: So they were deciding at birth. Oh, so what? What they were
0: closest to, binary-wise, is that? Is that what yeah, you mean? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And
1: I something tells me that the term cisgender comes derives itself from something to do with that sort of medical terminology, but I'm not hundred percent sure.
0: Gotcha. But yeah, we're just we're, hey, we're growing and learning every day, and exactly. we have a little bit more insight. So. You know, back to your sexuality and your growth. What I hear is like high school, you maybe junior high. You're like, you know, I'm, I'm attracted to females, and and that, yeah. and and not. Was it clear to you, and not it attracted was, to men?
1: No, it was not super clear. I had boyfriends. Um, <laughs> I think my last boyfriend was when I was like 21. So it hasn't been. I mean, it's been ten years. I guess it's a long time. Gosh, time goes by so fast. <laughs> um, huh. Yeah, I mean, I. You I
0: ain't seen nothing yet.
1: <laughs> through high school, I actually at some couple of different points because I was in the closet at the time. I, I had you know, I was leading kind of this dual life that a lot of gay people talk about leading before they come out of the closet. So I had a boyfriend and a girlfriend. But once I, did
0: they know of each other?
1: They actually did meet each other once. It was super super awkward. Um, we were also hanging out with my girlfriend's boyfriend as well so it was just you know that's like sort of the reason why it's important to come out so after that summer actually is when i came out because oh. it just got to be too complicated so but they yeah. th- so
0: it was like y- you guys you weren't committed to each other you you had a boyfriend you had a girlfriend you were dating casually and they
1: well or not yeah even. no i mean i was super in love with my girlfriend and i was just sort of you know they, the old terminology of beard I mean, I cared, My, I had my guy I was dating was a guy I dated off and on. I went away to boarding school, so he's the guy that I dated, and I really cared for him and had stayed in each other's lives. But one, I would say, honestly, as soon as I met my first girlfriend there was, I definitely knew I was attracted to women. I sort of always justified it. I was like, oh, well, if I was a guy, I would date women like this when I was attracted to women before that. Um, but after the first time that my first girlfriend and I kissed, I was like, oh, man, that is what it's supposed to feel like. And yeah, no, so I was actually pretty Tortured by that whole situation It was terrible being in the closet and not being able To share that part of myself with my friends Or even really myself or my family But it was also kind of exciting To have, Mm -hmm. you know We were at boarding school and it was exciting And taboo and Mm -hmm. You know, it was also very dramatic And kind of traumatic, so Mm -hmm. it was A lot of things, but it was, one day I'll write, I have a degree in creative Writing, so one day I planned to write Something about it, it was definitely Uh, And it was like the mid-2000s I graduated high school in 2005 So that's sort of on the precipice Of when gay rights were becoming Mainstream but it was definitely Not mainstream yet
0: Gotcha, gotcha So you Had a girlfriend And you were like this is uh, You know fireworks are going off And You're making big discoveries For yourself so did you mention that you they found out at school? You yeah, you were in the he, closet. You were it's fun, it's dramatic, it's scary. What happened?
1: Yeah, so it was actually it was pretty dramatic. My girlfriend was in my room at like we had lights out at a, at either 10 or 11, I can't remember. And she was in my room at like let's say it was 11. She was in my room at 10:58 and we had been people were pretty I think everybody knew um, so we were kind of on final warning, and she was in my room, and a teacher came in and turned us in, even though it was two minutes before, I don't know. At that point, I had been struggling, depression pretty badly, and anxiety, and I got... Well, I had also gotten into trouble for, like, really dumb... Like, in boarding school, you get into trouble for really dumb things, so I was on uh, disciplinary probation for actually smoking cigarettes underneath a bridge. Um, I I never got into trouble for anything major, but, you know, just these sort of... I got into trouble once for making a prank phone call. So, um, you know, just, like, stupid teenage stuff. I don't know if kids even do prank phone calls anymore because everybody has... Call ID but it was it was a lot of fun back when I was in high school yeah. and so instead of I wound up I was pretty sure I was going to get kicked out so I wound up mm. withdrawing and just going home mm. on a medical leave to sort of avoid that and kind of recover mm. emotionally because when all that happened despite obviously patient client privilege my uh, the school therapist and the the head the headmaster at the time actually outed me to my mom and my mom's pretty conservative it turns out that she was really wonderful about it and I came out to her a couple of a couple of months later and she's like, "Yeah, I knew." And I was like, "How did you know?" Mm-hmm. Um, so I was I was very lucky. My mom was like always really accepting. I mean, it took her a while to come around, mm-hmm. but I mean, she never like kicked me out or anything. And my dad is also very conservative and I came out to him around the same time and I sometimes still have to rem- remind him that I'm gay. He he just definitely kind of ignores it, but he's a little bit older. He's 75 and you know, when you're born in 1942, I'm pretty realistic. I don't have, you know, people are born of a certain generation, you know, my dad doesn't love me any less. He just doesn't like to talk about it. And that's totally mm-hmm. fine with me. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So you, your mom, your dad f- found out. And so how was the, tr- you know, you said you had depression before you came out. Did that help? Sounds like yeah. it did.
1: Yeah, it did. I, mean, I think for me, depression and anxiety is probably something I'm always going to deal with. Mm. But I think not constantly lying to yourself and lying to the world mm. is such a relief and such a profound, it's just, it's a relief not to be lying to everyone and to yourself. And yeah, it definitely helps. I mean, I think, you know, not coming out, I've, you know, there are definitely, you hear of some pretty tragic stories of what happens when people don't come out and sort of repress this part of themselves and repression, you know, turns to anger and, and people do crazy things. So, yeah, I think it definitely alleviated some depression in one area of my life and allowed me to focus on fixing other parts of my life.
0: Very cool. And, you know, j- just for transparency sakes, I've been sharing about depression and anxiety recently recently from the spectrum of a counselor. And he's like, and I asked him, well, you know, why'd you become a counselor? Anxiety. And I talked to a policeman for a situation recently. Uh, Join the club. Uh, everybody's dealing with that. That, And it's like, yeah. wow, are you kidding? You know, this thing. I think that-
1: it's great that we're finally talking about it as a society because I think everybody, especially with anxiety, you get into this like tunnel and you're like, oh my God, am I the only one? I'm dying.
0: Like yeah, you know, all of
1: these crazy thoughts and you know i've uh, most of my friends also you know have anxiety and it's nice to just be able to talk to somebody when you're having a panic attack and be like oh no this is like normal we know we're gonna live we're
0: totally (laughs) okay yeah i really appreciate you bringing that up so how going forward you're then you, you graduated from college and what happened to that girlfriend
1: um, we actually talked for quite a while. We talked for probably a total of about ten or eleven years. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I, you know, I'm I'm getting divorced right now, so I oh. did wind up meeting a wonderful a wonderful girl who I fell in love with after that. I mean, I dated a, I I did not have a uh, a slow dating life, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm very fortunate to have had the experience of being married, and I'm, you know, after I think I got married, I got married when I was. 26 almost 27 so it's like right there was the summer when gay marriage became legal or the let's see there are two there are a couple of different seminal cases but yeah it was uh it was exciting and it was really great to be able to experience that and you know i mean divorce isn't fun for anyone mm. um i actually once talked to this guy in new jersey and he was this kind of like old school new jersey guy and he's like i don't understand you gays marriage is the right you fight for but, uh it was it was a privilege to be able, you know to to have that experience, mm-hmm. and you know, divorce sucks, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I, you, you know, you learn something from every hardship. well, if you should at least try to learn something from every hardship you go through.
0: Fantastic. Austin, unfortunately, we're out of time. It's been a great interview. It's been a great hearing your story and and just sharing what it's like to be human and doing the best you can, and that's, I well, think, what we're thank all Thank you trying so to much. Do.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, and for your, your insightful and thoughtful questions. I really appreciate it. You know, it's, I've always said I never mind answering any questions that people have about, you know, my gender or sexuality, because I think it's such an important conversation to have, so thank you so much.